Welcome, Inessa Frantowski, to That Girl, the podcast. Today, we are going to talk about Valentine's Day. We're going to get all into how to celebrate Valentine's Day, whether you are coupled, you are not coupled, or maybe you're in a situationship and it's complicated. We'll just figure it out. So today, we're going to talk all about that. But welcome, Inessa, to the show. Hello. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. We met on a commercial recently and mm-hmm. she was just so funny and adorable. And I was like, you should come on the podcast. We should talk. Absolutely. And, and we gabbed quite a bit. I have to say we were we chit did. chatting. And what I love it, what I love too, I'm always excited uh, meeting somebody when you, when you dig right into the deep topics, like I was like, there's no, no shyness between us. I was like, let's talk about all the real big life questions in, in this <laughs> 19 minute break that we're having you know well I prefer the deep talks I am a deep I'm a Scorpio I run real deep what what's your sign I'm uh, a Sag cap cusp so I'm December 23rd so I have a little I have like the the artsy side from from Sag and then from Capricorn is the the probably the little more determined side of me yeah you've got your shit together if you got some Capricorn in there yeah well (laughs) I love it but I love diving deep with people so even though today will be a fun episode we will dive deep into the psychology of Valentine's and how people are coping so we had sort of talked about being alone for Valentine's Day and I was saying that I actually while I'm in a relationship now I've really enjoyed my Valentine's days by myself like I will tell you what I do because if anyone wants to copy, please do. It's the best. I make myself real pasta, not some rice, you know, brown rice crap. I make the real pasta with a real like light tomato sauce like that I make from scratch and I pour a good glass of red wine and I dance around my apartment to good music and I watch Under the Tuscan Sun like every single woman does on Valentine's Day. And I have some sort of awesome dessert. And it's great, guys. It's been a great Valentine's Day. I love that. That My favorite thing you said there was real pasta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I just feel like we've been, you know, we've been, I, I have that theory about like a piece of toast. I think we've, we've, we've lived in like such a carb-free society for so <laughs> long that I'm like, you know what? You know what makes me feel great? A piece of toast. If I have a single piece of toast, I'm not craving like a million. I was like, and it's just one little bit of bread, a hundred calories. We've demonized it so much. So I love like if you eat something that's really, really, really delicious, then then you're not gonna crave a bunch of other. I mean, that's that does relate to dating, doesn't it? Right? You need with quality <laughs> or quantity. Right? Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. So true. Which is why I spent a lot of my Valentine's days alone. Cause I was like quality over quantity. What, how do you feel, right? Like, how do you feel about, you know, what have you done for like your Valentine's days when you've been alone? Well, I've definitely done, um, a Galentine's. So I definitely love yeah. to, um, well, I mean, I, I do love an, an all gal kind of, uh, event, you know, and I think that that can be really fun, but again, it's just, celebrating for the sake of celebrating and i think sometimes we default to like well i don't want to celebrate that holiday or i don't want to do anything but i love reimagining something instead Um, another one of my favorite things to do since i love appetizers is i might get just appetizers i might do a dinner of just appetizers 
just your favorite little uh, Trader Joe's uh, appies and also uh, always an affordable glass of wine. And that's a really fun. That sounds good. I actually would totally eat a whole meal of like chips and salsa if you let me. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) I like to spoil my dinner. (laughs) I was like, I think I had like, I was like, I think I had chili's killes yesterday for breakfast and then I had nachos at dinner and I was like, it's a three, it's chips for every meal kind of day. (laughs) (laughs) I am living my, my best life. Yeah. I know I've been, um, I've been actually having quite a lot of pasta recently and I'm like, Ooh, this is interesting. Um, so, okay. So if we're giving advice because we know everything about Valentine's day, what could we suggest for people if they are feeling lonely on Valentine's and feel that they need someone? What is your advice to them? Well, you know, I think one of the things that you can do if you're feeling lonely is often what combats loneliness is not necessarily partnership, but sense of community. So sometimes if you're feeling lonely, reaching out to somebody to see if they need help um, sometimes can um, help get you out of that and give you kind of like a sense of purpose. Most of the times when we're lonely, like we're thinking about one particular kind of relationship but we don't realize the impact we have on such a community. And um, I think that that's important to remember. So if it's like, uh, hey, uh, you know, like, do you need help um, on this project? Do you need me to read over uh, a script for you or something like that? Like, and then inevitably it kind of uh, creates sort of a sense of purpose Um, because really it's interesting about loneliness we shouldn't we should only have one lonely person on the planet theoretically because <laughs> there's enough of us that yeah, there's yeah. all different kinds of ways that we that we need each other you know so i was like why don't people just if everybody's lonely why are why are lonely people all separate it's usually like you've got to get together and there's always somebody yeah. in the same boat as you you know right. like there's always somebody who's uh, just gotten out of a relationship or hasn't been in a relationship or who is um you know doesn't want to date at all there's always uh someone out there and the other thing that i always say um about being single is the great thing about about being single is you can douse yourself in apple cider vinegar and it doesn't matter because nobody will smell it so you can do all your weird like homeopathic natural remedies i was like doing the apple cider vinegar on the face for a while but i was like well i always stink like vinegar now but when i'm single who cares (laughs) so do all self-care <laughs> oh my god seriously i'm gonna double down on that that's like my new saying recently i'm like i'm gonna double down like who, where where did that come from <laughs> like i'm reviving swingers anyway no that's so true like i love sleeping by myself like i really love sleeping by myself and wow. i'm really excited because <laughs> this might sound really awful but like my boyfriend and i are talking about moving in and like we've actually discussed having separate bedrooms not that we'd sleep in them always but because sometimes you just want to sleep alone and that's one of the things i miss about being single i'm like shoot like that's going to suck i'm really going to want my own room <laughs> you know what i'm so glad you brought that up because what are we told all the time about if you're looking for partnership. I talked about this with a friend where it was like, well, you have to make space for the person. <laughs> yes. Make space for them. So sleep on one side of the bed because you're leaving space for your partner. Don't fill your second closet because you're leaving space for your partner. And I talked about to a friend about this recently and she was like, 
I'm I'm filling the closet. I need to fill the closet. And it's like how for years did not the one like the one perk of being single is being able to starfish on your bed really fall yes. out. So it's like why are we not enjoying the advantages of the life that we have? You know what I mean? Like so I was like no, enjoy spreading out and uh, sprawling out. And I know there are lots of um um married couples who have incorporated that system for for a variety of reasons my parents now too have separate rooms my dad's up later he usually paints late at night my mom wants to watch her shows you know they have uh tim burton i think and helena bonham carter they had like two separate houses that had like a secret tunnel that oh my god that's a i've heard of stuff like that i i thought that was a joke but i love that like we're connected yet i just I don't know. Like, I know we're kind of tangenting, but like, this is such an interesting topic to me. Like, why do we all need to be completely immersed in our other person? Like, why does it have to be that codependent thing we had when we were like 20? I am not 20. I'm never going to be 20 again. I love my partner, but like, I don't know. We don't need to be attached to the hip and I'm so okay with this. Like, I'm so okay with it. I mean, technically, we actually will have two homes. They won't have a bridge because they'll be in separate states. But we are going back and forth. <laughs> like, yeah, that's doing it. It's great. You, you you miss each other. Like you get a little sense of that. Like you know, um, sometimes long distance. You know, it's like oh well, it can feel a little bit like a vacation when we're together. And you know, so you get a little bit of a sense of of like looking forward to seeing each other. I think that there's a lot of of ways that you can achieve balance and it does it makes you better in your relationship when you yeah. get to do other stuff separately and get to enjoy seeing each other and, and you i have was sort of to say when you see them you're like guess what i did today yeah <laughs> you don't know everything i did today because you're not here it's great well i learned this lesson in a bit of an annoying way but it was like back in the day i was dating a musician and he this was like before it was like he was pretty late to get a cell phone but it was like he didn't have a cell phone and Weird. it was it was like it's not like we were at iphones yet we were still maybe at like cell phones but it was quite annoying obviously sometimes not being able to get in touch but what was great was that it was like guess what um we have to meet if we're going to meet at a certain time we have to meet there Mm-hmm. And guess what? If we don't meet there or something comes up, I'll see you when I get home. We lived together too. So it was like, we always like whatever, but he was very shy and kind of more introverted type. And instead of trying to force him all the time to come out yeah. or force him all the time, it was like, no, I'll go out with my friends and like, and then he'll stay home and write a song. And then, you know, we'll come back and chat about it. And I think in my first relationship, I was definitely like trying to like always be together. I was like, I love him. He's the best. You should all love him, you know, and was always bringing him out. And now I'm like, oh, it's actually strengthens the relationship sometimes when you when you respect that people are different and that yeah. we all don't have to be the same, you know? That's such a great point. Cause I mean, my partner and I, he's an introvert. I am an extrovert. And he'll come out with me to stuff, but I'm not like, Ken, I think this is an age thing where you're just like, you don't need to be attached to the hip. And you're like, babe, if you want to come, come. If you don't, that's fine too. Like, I'm good. You're good. We're good. It's fine. Like, no one is feeling that like we need to share every freaking thing together. I mean, we do, but not like everything. I like it. I think it's nice to hear that too for people who are like listening and there are, you know, maybe feeling like, 
oh, I'm so sad. I wish I had someone. Honestly, I think the older you get, the more advanced your relationships become. And they're not maybe what you remembered in your last relationship of being super codependent. Because honestly, that's what we were. We were all just really codependent. Oh, totally. Like, I remember my mom being like, why don't you all date? Like, she's like, none of you date. She's like, when I was single, you know, I would have uh, a date on Tuesday, a date on Saturday, a date. You all, you know, and I think we thought we were doing a good thing. You know, we all just started going steady or becoming, you know, uh, uh, young partners or whatever uh, right away. Starter marriages. That's what we were. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and I think that, you know, I think that uh, dating is sometimes a, a discipline, a practice, you know, that you have to, that you don't necessarily see the benefit of. We always want the end thing. It's like, well, I just want to be in love already, you know? Um, mm. But, you know, I I do think that um, nowadays when I look back on younger people and I actually don't even know how we could get upset about any, like, I, of course it feels so real at the time, but you see young yeah. people and you're thinking, there's no way. Are you at this stage where it's hard for you to watch like The Bachelor and stuff now? Oh, God, I'm so <laughs> glad you brought that up. <laughs> I really, I love you so much right now. I can't watch it any longer. It was this last year and that was it. Whatever Was it this year or was it last year? Whenever they did the two girls as The Bachelorettes, I was like, that's it. I was already on my way out, but now I'm just done. I can't even stomach this. No, I can't do it. That was torture for them. I can't mm-hmm. believe that. That It was it, it, the absolute, the one, the one thing that was like empowering about it was that you kind of had the choice um if you were the bachelorette it's like wow you've just made it so that you've just completely put them in an insecure place the whole time now um they don't get to feel as empowered you know Uh, but but really i was just like you know i don't think i can watch young people who've never been in love tell me what love is anymore (laughs) (laughs) oh my god i mean it was it was cringy. It's been cringy. Do you remember the one guy? This is a long time ago, but he used to say like, I just want to guard and protect your heart. And that was his oh. line <laughs> over and over. He's like, I just want to guard and protect your heart. And the girl's like, cool. Thanks. Like you're done. We're done. <laughs> but I mean, you know, guys are, I mean, guys are dumb. Girls are dumb. They don't know what love is. They're just like, I don't know. I read about this in a book or saw it in a movie. And like, I guess this is what I should, I'm going to guard and protect your heart. And you're like, Oh, from what you, yeah. Like from exactly from what, I don't know. It's bad, but like, there's also, yeah, I think there's this difference. It's funny. I actually wrote a paper about this, about reality dating shows. And I talk a lot about how whether we think we're paying attention and like copying this, what we're seeing on a dating show in real life or not, we are affected by it. Subconsciously, Mm -hmm. it is seeping in. If you are watching The Bachelor or Love Island or whatever your guilty pleasure is, I have even found myself like, like I literally created a hometown week this last week with my boyfriend. I was like, I'm going to show you where I grew up. I'm going to show you all the places that I went to. (laughs) I was like, I never have come up with that if I wasn't watching The Bachelor for 10 years. Come on. But like even expectations of like what you should get, what, and listen, like we have high expectations. We should, we're women. We, we deserve the best men deserve. We, we all deserve the best here. 
but like it does seep in with you know with the bachelorette or the bachelor like am I worthy of this person yeah absolutely and I do think that it's like you know it's derivative of like fairy tale tale culture or so now it's reality shows it was Mm -hmm. you know fairy tales, the happily ever after, you know, the, you know, Prince Charming. But I always remember, I'm like, we've only had a couple of generations where women have really even been free. Like my parents' generation, it was like everybody, you got pregnant, you got married because it was the right thing to do, or you didn't, and then you got shunned from your family or your religion or whatever. Those were your two choices. Mm. So it was really hard to kind of really even imagine a life that's free. And we talked a little bit about that. We still have all of that indoctrination, even if we've broken away and we've chosen a new life path, those are still things that we have to kind of reconcile and work through. They creep up from time to time, you know, Um, whereas like hopefully generations to come, they'll have more, more flexibility, more options, more different ways to live. I think inevitably like the economy, the ability to buy houses, the, the environment, all kinds of other factors I think are going to alter the way we live and Mm -hmm. the way we perceive family, Um, hopefully in a positive way into more of like a community mindset. Uh, But yeah, all that stuff is still there. It's kind of hard to get out of it. And then I think we always imagine the best case scenario. So the thing that we think we want, you know, we see it all the time. Like you're always like, well, I'm imagining this person seemed like they had such a great life on Instagram and I can't believe this. You know, um, I think it's like, oh, right, we always imagine. So if I'm imagining marriage and kids and all of that, I'm picturing it like going great. You know, I'm not imagining, um, you know, my partner losing their job. And I'm not imagining infidelity. I'm not imagining sickness and illness and all of these other things that could be Mm -hmm. a million different ways that possibilities of things could go. So we have to check that fairy tale mentality of like okay but it could be some of those old fairy tales were really like had some really dark stuff in them too you know like they were like here give me your voice and then you can go hang out with this boy like it was a lot it was a lot of trade (laughs) yes i gotta say out of all the fairy tales um don't don't do little mermaid Mm. and <laughs> not mm. worth it mm. <laughs> i love the little mermaid because i love mermaids but still it is awful like you know yeah obviously we've all grown up and we're like wow that's a terrible trade that the only princess i think that i actually like who's like old school princess would be Belle. you know oh. she's feisty she reads she wasn't into gaston she was like i don't need a man and then she fell for like the ugliest man. I mean, it was a little Stockholm syndrome, but like, I think she loved him. <laughs> it is. Um, it, it is. Yeah. You go. Yeah. Personality wise. What a great personality. But then you see what she ends up with. The beast. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I think it shows how not superficial she is. <laughs> yes. It's we, we do go into a bit of bestiality territory here, but you know, <laughs> Happy Valentine's. Yeah. Don't be picky. <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so so this is our single our single people. They're they're going through their thing. They're navigating. I think my biggest piece of advice is just like I really loved what you had to say. Going and seeing other people, volunteering, having a Valentine's. One of my favorite Valentines was that I threw a huge Valentine's Day party. Like you know, everybody was invited. 
It was so much fun. And it was, it was just good. You know, it wasn't about like romantic love so much as it was just about love and just having a good time. Yeah, I love that. My friend actually uh, threw a birthday party and the theme was flirty, which I thought was really fun. And I think that, you know, we always focus too on like flirting and romance again with romantic partners, but I started to do this thing. I called it interaction city where I would be like, I'm just going to focus not on romance, but on just connecting with more people period and having more interactions. And how do I start a conversation with a stranger at a grocery store? Not romantic, but just oftentimes it's just a compliment. Like I'll just say, Hey, nice shirt or something like that. It's like, or have a little bit of a joke with the barista at Starbucks or something, you know, and I started to kind of count my interactions of just being like, I tend to kind of be like all or nothing. Like if it's not, if I don't have like the perfect life and the perfect job and the perfect partner, then I'm a failure instead of just being like counting all these little wins of like, hey, I connected with this person. I brightened this person's day. I had a laugh with this person. You know, somebody complimented me uh, yesterday, like a couple of people on my glasses or there's something. And I was like, oh, you know, like really made my day. You just never know you a little tiny act could make somebody's whole day, you know? Yeah, that's so true. Um, And, you know, when you say that, it's like those are the big wins because they're little wins and they add up to consistent wins, you know? Because we all know this, but like when we get the big win, it feels great for a moment. And you don't even know how long that moment's going to last. Is it going to be five minutes? Is it going to be five days? I don't know, but it's going to fade. And so if you have these little wins in your con, and I love that you're also talking to people because I do that too. I like to talk to people. People are always so happy that you said hi or compliment them or whatever. It's just I think humans do want to communicate with each other. We do want to feel community, but you know, in cities like LA or New York, we're so focused on just moving and getting to where we need to get to. And, you know, everyone has a huge guard up. Like whenever I go into other States besides New York and LA, everyone is so friendly and nice and they're not guarded. They want to talk. And it's really a good thing to remember to just say hi. Yeah, sometimes too, I know in Toronto, um, where I'm from originally, you know, people will say that city's very polite, but what is polite sometimes leads to people not talking or wanting to be like, oh, it's rude to speak to someone. I don't want to scare them or, you know, so I, I there can be that sentiment sometimes that um, whereas like in New York, I feel like people are much more open um, to to chat and stuff and be themselves more. It feels like LA, we have like such a curated existence in general, you know, what we're presenting. I feel like the way to stand out in LA is to not do that because people are like shocked that you can like talk about because I think everybody's moving here to like reinvent themselves and da da da, you know, so when you can even like talk about your problems to someone, they sometimes find it very refreshing if you can be real and be like, just having a terrible day, really scared about, you know, like really scared about, you know, how um, I'm going to get through the month financially or something. People might be like, oh, wow, I'm scared of that too, but I never want to talk about it because it's fake it till you make it here, you know, which I also think can be really good. The fake it till you make it thing, I think can be really positive and healthy um, because you're just, you'll feel how you want to feel if you just live it, you know, but I also think that um, I also think that 
I'm a comedian. So my job is really to help people cope with shame. Like yeah. my, my, my job is to make people is for me to be honest. So then other people can be more honest with themselves. Like and we can have a laugh about it, you know, um, instead of always trying to be perfect out the day. I totally feel you on that. Um, let's talk about perfectionism and we're going to wrap it into dating. We're going to do it because we're going to stay yeah. on topic because we can just talk you and I, but like when we think about dating or even gosh, being in a relationship, especially a new one, there's this huge feeling of you need to be perfect in order to be chosen. Mm. And again, let's just talk about LA in general, because LA is a very particular town and it's wacky. It's just wackadoo, but there are good people out there. I always think like, well, if I'm a good person and I'm real, there's somebody else out there. I mean, my boyfriend's in Scottsdale, so technically he wasn't here, but he did come here to meet me. So anyway. But I import him. Yeah. It just it happened to work that way. But there are good people out here. And it's just a matter, I think, of what you were saying, like kind of breaking the ice and being real because people will flock to that. The right people will flock to that and they'll flock to you. What do you think? Hey, you only need uh you don't need everybody to love you right so you do want to find the person who is or people i'm sure there's several people potentially for all of us uh, that are right for you in terms of perfectionism and tying it in of like the good thing about getting older is that you get clearer on what you want you know more about your boundaries uh, but sometimes that can lead to a list, like they have to be this, 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 and this. And I think that um, is where we can um, go off course a little bit because truly, you know, there's nobody who would probably like fulfill all of the requirements of any list. It's not to say that you shouldn't have deal breakers, but most mm -hmm. of those things are, for example, you know, it's not um, if you have sometimes I think, you know, we always think about wanting again, people at their best So people who have their job together, they've got this together, they've got that together. And, but I kind of want to know, I actually don't want to meet somebody at the best time of their life. Because how are they going to be if they lose their job? How are they going to be if there's a death in the family? You actually want to go through some stuff with people because you could meet them at their peak, but how do they respond to life's challenges? So I think the only thing I kind of narrowed it down, the only quality that I think is absolutely mandatory for me is how is their attitude towards change? Because change is the only con constant in life. So for me, yeah. if you have a positive attitude and it's like, great, okay, we have to move, great. Uh, I need to find a new job, you know what, we'll figure it out. Um, there's, you know, a health issue, guess what, we're gonna get through it together. Yeah, yeah. If you have a good attitude towards change, then I feel like that's what will give you longevity, which is what they never do on The Bachelor because the show is so short, you never actually go through a challenge together. No. You know? unless the challenge is like surviving being on the reality show with all these other people but besides that yeah. it's like yeah but you don't really like that's why it's important you know in partnership to to kind of get to know people on that level and, and it's not mm -hmm. to say that you can't figure it out quickly um it's not to say that you don't can't have a hunch about a person it's just yeah it's just uh that attitude of like how do you approach 
anything that might might upset your routine, you know? I think like what you're describing too is like if you're in a relationship, it's going well, but it's still new and then stuff starts to come up and you're like, oh, look at that. All right, all right. Taking notes, seeing how you react with this, seeing how you're doing with change. And that's, I mean, part of that is just being vulnerable and each person feeling safe enough to be vulnerable. But then, yeah, I mean, that's, it's like the honeymoon stage comes to a close and you are like, okay, let's see how we really are as real humans that aren't pretending to be perfect or trying to be perfect. And that can spook you a little bit, that first Mm -hmm. kind of argument. Usually those are like where you kind of, you have that honeymoon phase and then you have that little thing and you think, oh no, is this it? Like, is this where it all comes down, you know? And then it's actually more about how you work through that. So even when talking with with, uh, friends or whatever, you know, and, you know, classic thing, like they're upset about something or, well, why did they do this? Or why did they do that? And then you speak to them a couple of days from now and it's like, well, did you talk? Yeah, we talked it out and like we worked through it. And it was like, oh, that's what you need. It's not really even about what they did or didn't do or whatever. That stuff's inevitable. You're Mm -hmm. a whole different person. How you behave is completely different how somebody else behaves. We get into a lot of trouble when we expect everyone to do exactly what we would do. And then we're like, well, I, if, when I love people, I do this. And that's why like learning about love languages and all that stuff is so important to realize, oh no, 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 we're all different people. What you want is whatever the conflict is, the conflict is gonna be inevitable. If you can chat it out and work through it afterwards, that's actually where the growth is happening. It's not about never fighting or never having conflict, you know? Yeah. I mean, there are very few couples that don't actually fight very often. And I'm always like, great, good for you guys. But like there, it is good to have some arguments, even if they're just little tiny things, you know, at least you're, you know, you're not the same person. Like you said, like no one is identical. You can be super similar, but you're still not the same person and you're not going to have the same reaction. The majority of our conflict with, with most people is that it's always like, well, you didn't do what I would do, or mm-hmm. why would you say that? Or if you wanted um, to be in a relationship with me, you would have done this, right? So it's yeah. always measuring other people. I think that's the majority of our conflict in our society is is expecting people to think or be the way you are. I do hate that. Possible, you I know? know, that's kind of a feminine quality. And I do apologize for our gender, but still like, I really hate when people expect you to know what they're thinking and do what they th- think you should do. And you have no idea. It is the biggest pet peeve of mine. <laughs> oh yeah. It's like my sister's been with her husband for 30 years and there's just some things it's like, it's just absolutely not going to change. He's never, ever, ever going to have the kind of brain that you have. He's not going to think 10 steps ahead. And sometimes I'll say, I was like, we have to remember that, that, for example, I have a real strength of communicating my emotions. I know exactly what upsets me right away. If something feels off, I usually ask people right away so I don't get any preconceived notions or anything. I'll be like, hey, I was like, did I upset you when I said that? And they'll be like, oh God, no, I'm, I'm, I've got something else going on. You know, I'm stressed out about something at home or whatever. And you're like, oh my goodness. But we always like internalize, take things personally. It's actually kind of an egotistical thing to do to make everything <laughs> about you, you know? But yeah. so I always clarify before I react, like I'll be like making sure whatever, right? But um, I had an ex who was, uh, again, not as communicative. And I remember one time 
like him just kind of being in a bad mood or whatever and me racking my brains trying to think I was like because I said this was did I do that like trying to figure it out we finally get to the bottom of it and it was something was tiny and random from like five days ago and oh I wow was like, what? I was like why would why wouldn't you say anything and he was like I didn't know like he's like, I didn't know what actually upset me. It took that long. Like, so it was more of like, he was more of a brooder. Mm-hmm. So it was like something. And I was like, oh, it's so easy for me to know why I'm upset. It's instant almost. That path from heart to brain is like mm-hmm. this. But I was like, oh, you really like, that's not your strength. Your strength isn't that. Your strength is like a million other strengths. But mm-hmm. I was like, oh, it's not that you don't want to talk to me about it or that you were purposefully hiding it from me or you know doing anything malicious it's just that like it just takes you a little longer to figure out that you're upset and why you know and that was a big revelation for me that's a huge one it really is and just I think it's so great that you have the patience and the understanding to just allow him to say that and be like wow I get it now and you know I'm sure you felt it for those five days like what is this like what's going on But I mean, sometimes, yeah, you just, you can't connect the two yet until you do. Um, It just takes a lot of patience, I think, when you are speaking different languages and love languages. And that's, you know, guys, for all you single people who are like, oh, I wish I had a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or I wish I were in a relationship. Man, it's a lot of work too. Even when it's good, it's still like constant work. And it doesn't mean it doesn't, has to be hard. It just means that it's there. And yeah. it's the that I mean, God, my girlfriend said this to me. She was like, when you get back in a relationship, just remember it's gonna be a, like a mirror straight on you. And that is gonna show you all the stuff you weren't able to heal when you were alone. Wow. And she was right. She was right. And all this fun stuff came up. And I was like, Oh yeah, I couldn't have done this on my own. I needed a partner to actually see it. But like the good news, I think, you know, is that you do see it. And if you're willing to be humble enough to be like, oh, this is my shit. I don't know everything. Cool. Let's like, let me do that work right now. Especially if you've been doing the work for a while, it's faster. You're just, you're quicker. You recognize it. You'll take responsibility and you'll be like, let's fix it now for me so that I can be a better partner. And hopefully, you know, you're with someone who's like that as well. Yeah, I feel like sometimes, you know, things come in a whisper or they come in a bang. Um, So sometimes I've had like particular epiphanies in relationships where I I think, wow, I I couldn't possibly go back to how things were before because I've now had this sort of realization. And one of them, I think, was just the idea of like, yeah, that they are, in fact, a whole separate person um, and that we're a team. So I think I used to be like everything, all my fights before in my early relationships were about like, do you love me? Do you love me? If you love me, would you do this? If you, why would you do this? That must mean you don't love me. And that was essentially every single, the root of every single argument. If I have go in with the idea of like, hey, this is my teammate. This is my friend. This person is on my side. If I just even shift that one thing of like, not if I assume going in that this person is on my side, that means that we go, well, if there's a conflict, it must be a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't suddenly assume my best friend of, you know, my best girlfriend all of a sudden is out to get me one day with no warning. So why would I assume that of my partner? You know, 
like that kind of defensive combative type of thing where I was like, so that adjustment. And then it was like in my second relationship, my first relationship, tons of fights, mm. big arguments, you know, like dealing, probably learning about how to processing our own childhoods and all that, you know, like whatever, mm. right. Second relationship, that click of like, this is my best friend. This is my teammate. This person's always on my side. All of a sudden I'm not jumping to conclusions anymore. All of a sudden I'm not like, you know, uh, analyzing them or expecting them to kind of behave like me. I'm just going, obviously they're on my side. So let's figure out what the issue is. And they were, they were on my side, you know? Um, yeah. That's so much a- so that, uh, <laughs> that they let me go when it was time for me to move to another country. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, it was meant for you to move. I'm so happy you're here now. I'm happy but- I'm here too. It was, that was actually a great gift of love. Honestly, I, I'm like, I was like, it, it a true act of love honestly was letting me go and recognizing that maybe we weren't uh the a light like a life match forever you know yeah, um yeah. i think that was a selfish or more selfish move which we would interpretive of love would be like stay here i can't you know i can't yeah. live without you that's yeah. how we used to perceive love real love is like actually doing what's best for the other person you know i love this all right. I think we have definitely run the gamut of all kinds of things, love related and Valentine's Day. I think we should just do another episode on relationships. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just come back and do a, a, another episode. But thank you so much for, for coming on. Tell people how they can find you. Yes. So my name is Inessa, I-N-E-S-S-A. And I'm all over the internet as Inessa Comedy because I have a hard last name to pronounce. So Inessa Comedy. (laughs) Shows and videos and all kinds of stuff. I love it. Everything will be in the show notes so you can find her and follow her. Thank you, Inessa, for coming on. Happy Valentine's. Yes, happy Valentine's Day. And wear red. Why not? Do it. (laughs) Wear it. It's fun. (laughs) 